When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Back with you on Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're back at it Saturday morning for the weekend show, but back full uh, force in 2021 for uh, another year. God love you for listening. Thanks so much. And plenty to get into today. Some Nebraska football news with JoJo Doman. Big-time commit, uh, a nice get for Nebraska on the recruiting trail from Hawaii. So all of that in front of us. Uh, the coaching carousel is quite interesting, not only in the NFL, but also down at Texas as they went and got Sark. Some thoughts on that. Uh, I, I watched Sunday Night Football last night just to see if it would live up to the bleep show that the end of the Dallas game was. You have NFC East teams. It may get a little funky in the end of the ball game. And uh, Dallas showed that last night, or I should say yesterday afternoon. And uh, Philly (laughs) has been publicly beaten today uh, like no other. And their head coach for their decision-making and tanks for nothing was the – the front page of the Philadelphia Inquirer sports page. So that was interesting. Uh, lots to get to there. And uh, the NFL carousel with uh, the jobs that are open in Detroit, New York, Jacksonville, Atlanta, uh, Houston, and Los Angeles. Uh, is Urban Meyer a reality? Is Ryan Day a reality a week from tonight? Is, dare I say it, Harbaugh on his way out of Michigan and does Fitz fit in anywhere? This could have a, a Big Ten effect, quite honestly. So uh, numbers to get in can join us today on Hale Varsity Radio, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Email chris at halevarsity.com and get us a, a, a follow on Twitter and can tweet at us during the show. Uh, at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Elijah, what's shaking with you? Got enough caffeine going? What do you know? Uh, doing good. It was a good weekend of sports. Um, I, we, we talked a little bit about the uh, the college football playoff on Saturday. I'm sure we're getting into that a little bit more today right, as well. Right. Um, but that was a good way to start it off. Uh, New Year's Day. Uh, football yesterday. Uh, my Broncos ended the season in the most 2020 fashion possible mm. uh, for them. Uh, which they was- were there and then they weren't. What, well, they, they called the timeout so the Raiders could call a two-point play. 
Well, you got to help out uh, in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think, did Fangio have money on the game or something? I, I don't know, but it, it looked okay with the 92-yard hookup. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the performance on the field, and it makes me think better things coming next year, especially, well, especially now that Elway's not yeah, GM. John uh, is just going to be uh, going to games and not dabbling in, in player personnel anymore. It's a long time coming, and he finally said, Uncle, aside from recruiting and landing Peyton Manning, uh, it's not been a great run for for Mr. Mr. Bronco himself uh, when it comes to securing offensive talent. Yeah, Elway is a I'll, – I'll say it now um, just because I'm probably going to eat crow on it later once the Broncos get an actual GM who knows what he's doing. Um, but John Elway was a great talent evaluator out of the draft, except at the most important position on the field. He could not evaluate a quarterback to save his soul. And it's kind of the nail in the coffin for him. Um, but he he evaluated and picked up a lot of great defensive players, even some offensive uh, offensive linemen. Uh, Noah Fant, I think, is a great tight end. But he he ruined drafted him, Jano. He ruined himself with uh, Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, um, maybe Drew Locke. We'll see across is, the Is Simeon but. still in the league? Because I didn't hate Simeon. He wasn't like the answer, but he was a good backup. I believe Paxton Lynch was a nightmare. Yeah, Paxton Lynch was terrible. Um, Brock Osweiler, another Ooh, bad quarterback. Better on air. Um, let's <laughs> see. Uh, Trevor Simeon is the emergency quarterback for the New Orleans Saints uh-huh. right now. Uh-huh. So if <laughs> so, he's practice squad in his way to the playoffs. God forbid if the Storm and Mormon gets hurt, right? I mean, there you go. Well, you, they still have Jameis Winston below him. He's a, he's the emergency of <laughs> he, all emergencies. He's holding Jameis's clipboard. <laughs> now, you know, so uh, let's dive into some Nebraska. And this is incredible news for the Big Red, for the Blackshirt defense. JoJo Doman is coming back for a sixth season of uh, football. And JoJo's not missed a snap, not missed a game. And he is, you have him, and if you're lucky enough to get Cam Taylor Britt back, he'll, he'll, he'll get a draftable grade. Does he want to go from decent uh, day two to day three pick to first round guy, Cam Taylor Britt? That's what he's got to decide and come, and, and come back for another year. But JoJo Doman uh, is really the heartbeat of this Nebraska defense uh, with his versatility. You think about what Nebraska defense, the, the Nebraska defense is becoming, and I'm not whispering 09 or 2010 or 95 or even that incredible 96 or 1999 defense. I'm not going there. But of the things you could at least go, all right, it wasn't. Horrible. They were good. And quite honestly, they carried the team a lot this year. It was the Nebraska defense. Okay. And that front seven that was a question mark was uh, was was good. The, the secondary was really good for most of the season. But Nebraska's front seven did their job. Ty Robinson did his job. Casey Rogers was nice. Ben Stilley, he may come back as well, was really talented. Snacks played really good football. You're your inside backers did well, all right? When you look at Ryber, I'm so choked up over this. Uh, but Jojo Doman, I'm, I'm choking in here, man. You're doing the Darth Vader to me or something. I don't know what's going on. But Jojo Doman was, was so key because 
of, of what he can do on the football field. And you talk about that true hybrid. You see guys like Rondale Moore, right, or, or Wandale Robinson. You see that guy that can do it all, catching, running, just wearing out uh, an opposing defense. JoJo is that type of player for a defense. He's that type of athlete that can get off the edge. And in his career, he's had four forced fumbles. He's had some major splash plays that have been key. And how many times in games that Nebraska won this 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 2020 season did JoJo really kind of put a knife in a drive coming from the weak side just on his own and make a tackle for loss right he's lined up off the edge he shoots in the runs go into the short side of the field he comes from the wide side JoJo makes the play running it down from behind he was he was quick enough and recognized um, what to do uh, on a, on a run play like that he was so big for Nebraska with some some negative plays uh, that he inflicted on an offense and even uh, as you look at the the ball game uh, against Minnesota uh, him in coverage where he had he had he always has pass breakups because they'll they'll drop him in in the nickel into coverage and he's he's versatile and talented enough to be a, a coverage guy but that 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 deflection he had when Minnesota took their deep shot. That's kind of my one uh, burned image of, of JoJo playing pass defense this year, right? And he did a really nice job against Penn State as well, but JoJo never given up on the play, was beat, and made the play over the top to knock that ball away that uh, could have ended Nebraska's day a little earlier than Minnesota did. But he is so good, and he can line up and play against Wisconsin. He can line up and D up against Purdue. He can go make a play against Ohio State. JoJo Doman's a fierce tackler and a leader of this football team. And quite honestly, if I'm looking at it, if I'm JoJo, probably could have been drafted. I know his dad's an agent uh, in the NFL. And listen, JoJo's JoJo's going to better himself. And I think NFL teams will look at him and look at a lot of kids that come back or some come back for a sixth season. And say, okay, yeah, you're going to be 24. Uh, we'd like you a little bit younger, but COVID's COVID, so I don't think it's going to hurt guys who do come back, even if they're a little older than than traditional rookies. I don't think that'll be a deal breaker this year going forward because of the COVID situation, where it's been really helter skelter. He's going to be a better football player. You're going to get better better tape on him. And, uh, and he's a guy that is monstrously important to this Nebraska defense. Yeah, my, my evaluator uh, for how good a defense is and how good individual players on the defense is comparing the, the great splash plays these guys make to how many times you look at them and you look at the replay of a play and go, man, what the hell are you doing? And, and with JoJo this year, I don't think there's any plays that stand up my memory as a, as a what the hell are you doing play for JoJo. And, and the, think about JoJo's unselfishness, right? I mean... JoJo is so anxious to try and make something happen for his defense that he got burnt a couple of times from just doing his job, right? You think of the Purdue game two seasons ago. There's some moments where he was too anxious. And I'm not piling on the kid. I'm just saying he didn't do his job and he was the first to own up. He was ultra disciplined this year. Yes. He was so disciplined at doing his job, but also being able to stay within the parameter of the defense and making a splash play. We'll talk with Charlie McBride coming up here in, less, in a little uh, less than an hour. 
and get his take on JoJo Doman and the importance. But think about what you could have coming back Nebraska defensively. We know that 2021's a murderous schedule. We know that Nebraska has a lot of wound licking to do on offense. But listen, man, if you get Stilly back, uh, you have Daniels back, you, you still have Robinson and Rodgers. That's pretty nice. You got the polar bear getting bigger, stronger, and faster with Zach Duvall and that development system. You still have Reimer, right? You you got really nice play out of Henrich. Uh, you still have Snodgrass in the middle, okay? There's other guys on that interior, right, that you're, you're kind of waiting on as well. But JoJo's so big, at least you've got one spot at that outside linebacker position. You can continue to develop the other outside linebackers you do have that – you need that dude to come in and make plays as a pass rusher, Caleb Tanner, um, uh, for sure. Garrett Nelson, for sure. And then if you can get Cam Taylor Britt back with that secondary, maybe maybe Markell sticks around. I don't know. But Markell's one of those guys. What's his draft probability going to be like? Versus, or do you go, you know, uh, free agent route? Again, the COVID card is a little tough, tougher to make the squad as, a, as, a, as an undrafted free agent um, moving forward. So I, I like what you have in a one-two punch uh, in that back seven when you have jo- JoJo coming back and if you can get Cam Taylor Britt back with a very, very solid defensive line ready to take another step forward. They are really good. I mean, we're talking over a yard per carry good against the run. All right. They weren't an embarrassment. They were really pretty good honestly against the run this year in Big Ten play you just look at the Iowa and the Northwestern games now Illinois is Illinois that will always make you weep but Nebraska did take steps forward against the run and if you can get a guy that's a playmaker that's committed on every level of the defense secondary linebacking core and on that defensive line there's something to at least feel good about going into next year yeah, and my take on the defense from this past year was that they gave the offense a chance to go and make a play and go get a win in almost every game they played this year. When they, Nebraska- kept the, they kept Nebraska in about every football game aside from – and they did enough to keep Nebraska hanging around at Ohio State mm-hmm. to do more than they did. Yeah. I mean, it was turnovers that screwed them. And, and I know it's probably pretty early to be drinking this Kool-Aid, but when I'm looking at this defense and who could be returning – uh, I, I think this Honus defense, is big. Yeah, Honus is big and Cam Taylor Britt's big. If those two guys come back, I think this defense is good enough to do that same thing for the offense next year. And then it comes down to the offense on improving and being able to take, take those close games and make them Let, win. Let's, let's take it a step further. Do you go from just being like reliable and pretty steady defensively to taking that next step and be ball hawking? Go get turnovers. Go make splash plays. And we just kind of laid out what JoJo Doman did for you off the edge and and what your secondary was able to do. Listen, that's one side of the ball you can feel okay about with JoJo Doman returning. I love how he did it on Twitter as he superimposed some some faces, the infamous Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. The show rolls on. Uh, Moment from Leonardo DiCaprio as 
he had it all set up to just walk away, walk away with a bunch of money, avoid the SEC, avoid scandal. I'm not saying that at all uh, with Nebraska or JoJo, but I'm saying the scene in Wolf of Wall Street where you had everyone losing their mind, cheering, and the faces that were superimposed from the different assistants and Scott Frost and JoJo's face on, on, uh, on, uh, on Wolfie's character was pretty good. There's yeah. other scenes in that movie you could have gone with, but I like the one he chose. It's fitting, just because I feel like I'm one of the people in that uh, the Stratford Oakmont, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the office cheering because uh, we're gonna have some more midgets we can throw at dartboards and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they like being called little people. Sorry, the, the little people. Those are like the non-conference teams we're playing next year. You know, we're just gonna grab them, and- bro. Too far. <laughs> no, I, I I love your enthusiasm, but right now Nebraska is the one being tossed towards the dartboard. Yeah, and I said it was probably early to be drinking the Kool Aid. Maybe I'm already drinking a little too much. You're having some Stratford Oakmont wine <laughs> at lunch right now. Uh, <laughs> pretty good. We'll uh, get some time with Jay Moore. He is on the way. Black shirt Husker. NFLer Jay Moore, his thoughts on the NFL weekend, on uh, the Nebraska defense, where the Big Red can go as a whole, as uh, Nebraska is into a new year with a, another tough schedule. Charlie McBride's on the way. Greg Smith, Hale Varsity Recruiting Insider. Great to be with you on a Monday at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could... Listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. So appropriately timed during commercial break, Cam Taylor Britt takes to Twitter, announces that he is coming back. Cam Juice saying, after much thought and consideration, let's take it back for one more ride, Husker Nation. So... We were speculating that, that Cam Taylor Britt would come back. He is officially back, so a very happy birthday gift to Scott Frost. You have the JoJo Doman announcement over the weekend. You get Cam Taylor Britt today. And uh, we'll just ask uh, Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore and uh, co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up. So what are you getting Scott Frost today? Clearly uh, there's, uh, there's a day of gift-giving going on. I had no idea it was his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'll have to get him, get him something late, I guess, or uh, a belated gift. As people say, happy belated birthday. Right. You yeah, just no re gift something. You have something in the garage, yeah, yeah. Bird. You can just say, okay, here you go, well, Scott. I was just kind of down here um, in the old storage unit looking at some golf stuff. I'm sure he could, I could give him some golf stuff, you know. He does like to play golf. I, can give, I got some golf balls and gloves down here. You, you know, if you're a golfer, you can never have too many gloves or uh, balls. There, there we go. Uh, I'm just going to keep moving on. Uh, uh, Jay, it's good to talk with you. Happy New Year. Uh, your your quick uh, reaction here. What's what's it mean? Best case scenario. What's the ceiling look like for Nebraska's defense in 2021 with JoJo coming back and, and also with Cam Taylor Britt now? Yeah, those are, I mean, with JoJo coming back and then, I mean, arguably the, I mean, Cam Taylor Britt was probably the most consistent this year. Yeah, and was by far one of the best in the secondary. You know, he did get a, get a, you know, a couple of bad breaks with, you know, with 
playing kind of football. Calls. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Um, you know, uh, the early on in, I guess, Iowa, Iowa State, or uh, Iowa State, Ohio State, mm-hmm. and then, you know, toward the end of the year against Minnesota when, you know, Nebraska should bring it off the field and, you know, flag wasn't even thrown, but then, boom, we get a targeting call. So, uh, he, that's, that's, that's big time. You know, we thought, you know, he might leave after his junior year, but for a secondary that played exceptionally well this year, uh, you, that's, that's that's a that's a that's a good get to come back. You know, we already saw that uh, DiCaprio Boodle is is moving on. Uh, that's you know he's a senior. That's that's totally fine. Uh, you so you have and then you you know you get some you know experienced guys coming back that that got to play. You know, hopefully Farmer's uh, ankle injury isn't as bad. He's able to bounce back from that, and we see what Newsom's able to do when he's in there. Uh, you got some tick against you know Northwestern and some other times. So, but then you get JoJo back and him coming back after you know as a senior. You know, I just, it's, I always wonder, it's like, okay, what, he's such a tweener because he's, he's a, he's a small linebacker, but a big safety, but he's just that kind of that Swiss army knife. So I don't know if, if, and I think he can definitely play at the next level, but I just don't, I don't know where, that's just the hard thing. So I don't know if that was a, a decision on why he decided to come back. You know, I think he could be a really good special teams type guy at the next level. I don't off the top of my head. I don't know. I couldn't tell you what special teams that he has played or did play at Nebraska. But you know, but giving him back, he's another very consistent guy. He's you know he's able to blitz off the edge. He's able to play against the run. He's able to play well in coverage. So that's that's another that's a, that's another that's another good get for for Nebraska coming back and just and taking advantage of this kind of no you know this asterisk season where you know guys didn't lose any eligibility and. You know, it'd be nice to have a few more guys say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna stick around." And I imagine they have some time yet to kind of figure some things out. I don't know what the NFL deadline is, and I know school doesn't start till you know end of this month. So I would imagine they have a, a, some extended time to figure out you know what their these guys' next move are. But you get arguably two of your be- best and most consistent players this year in a defense that um, that took off this year and was much much improved. And that's that's exciting. That's exciting for this program and and just trying to get things back to where they need to go and get you know and just get back to winning football so that you can have you know two of your best guys come back on defense. That's that's a great starting. That's a great starting place heading into you know the 2021 season. Jay Moore is with us. Uh, HailVarsity.com and magazine uh, is uh, where you can find some of Jay's work. Also the podcast. More to it. The Heard at uh, Media. Uh, choices of podcast, uh, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify is where you can hear Jay Moore and uh, also catch him on Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay, uh, as we look at Nebraska, uh, kind of turn of the page uh, from when we last talked to, to now, are you concerned with uh, where things are at offensively, identity-wise, and special teams-wise, or are you pretty confident things will get hammered out this offseason? Oh, I'm, I'm very concerned. I, you know, it's, what you see in year three is, wasn't, wasn't great. I mean, the defense is the only thing that improved. But I, I look at special teams, and special teams, again, isn't, isn't, a, isn't a sexy thing. You know, the majority of guys that play it, you know, I, you, it's not, you know, you don't want to be known as a, a special teams guy, even though that's guys make 
millions of dollars doing at the next level. Um, and I, but you just look at their issues and their struggles and the the mental collapses and just some of the things that happen. It's just that's a little that's a little concerning to me because that's just that's just attention to detail, and that's that's want to. And I don't even know if like you know coaches, you know coaching special teams if that's something that's a, that's a sexy thing to do and you know or they really care to do it. But when you're not where you want to be yet, talent-wise, offensively, you know you got to you got to make it up some other place. Those those are hidden yardage. Those are hidden points in games. And when you've lost as many you know one-score games, you know eight points or less as Nebraska has in the last uh, three years. You can look at special teams like, man, if they could have just, you know, done that, they could have not had one kickoff return. If they could have not flipped the field a little bit better here, if they could have gotten a field goal here, you know, the momentum things play so heavily in college football. And those teams, the special teams, just to kind of seem to get overlooked, swept under the rug. I don't know if if it's a depth issue, if it's they're not playing enough starters on on some of these things. You know, I look at myself, you know, I've was a starting defensive end. I started on the punt team for, for two years and played other special teams as in my sophomore year. And you look, I look at other players, you know, that played uh, multiple uh, special teams as, as starters, uh, defensive guys or offensive guys. So they got to kind of get that, figure out what they want to do. And then offensively, you know, I mean, can we honestly say that Adrian Martinez has gotten a, a, a ton better every year since he's been here? I don't know. Uh, I I don't I can't say he's really exceeded expectations yet. I don't I, I think he's he's had his issues. So that's that's one thing offensively. I think uh, O line, you know, and in three years have they gotten better? I I don't know. You know that's that's can be argued about and talked about. You know the running back position have they really gotten shown a, a firm grasp of things? I I yeah I don't know. You know, they don't have that home run hitter at running back that, you, you know, you're used to seeing. Uh, if with us or any other program, you watch these bowl games, you're like, wow, you have a running back that actually breaks something over, you know, 30 yards and score. We just seem like we haven't done that in the last, you know, three years. And the wide receiver position, you know, there's some bright spots with what Wondell's going to do and, and Xavier Betts. But, again, the inconsistency is there. So, I'm, I'm – yeah, I'm, I, I, there's things to be optimistic about, yeah, but I, it's, but I, you can't fool me. You can't trick me anymore. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm done. You know, with the whole Kool Aid thing. You know, there's, there's some definitely things to be concerned about heading into year four. And look at the schedule; it doesn't get any easier. I mean, I can't look at the schedule and be like, yeah, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. I mean, you look at next year's schedule. I mean, maybe they only guaranteed. I don't know if it's guaranteed anymore, but one, you say, yeah, they should be able to get that one. Is is when they play Southeast Louisiana. You know, towards the end of the year, and that's granted if you know if that schedule stays the same and Nebraska does go over to Ireland week one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, against uh, Illinois. So I'm not totally optimistic next year. I mean, defensively, yeah, I think they do some good things, but I I thought the offense was going to get rocking and rolling this year, and uh, I don't know if they took a step back, but I don't I don't think they took a giant leap forward in year three with a three year starter at, at quarterback and your most experienced line group coming in to date with uh, with Frost and you know that's just that's that's concerning to me and the special teams has continued to be uh, an issue with with this football program and that's, there's got to be a dedicated a dedicated effort to get that turned around because um, again in the Big Ten where games are close 
um, those little mistakes on special teams need to get fixed, uh, you know, rather sooner than, than later. Jay, you, you have a, an, an interesting perspective on special teams, being someone who started off uh, their career there before getting uh, experience actually playing on defense and eventually getting to the, to the draft. I'm making to the NFL. Um, but one of the things I noticed from the college football playoff last week was Alabama had a, a guy in Devontae Smith who's Heisman favorite. And uh, what's he doing on special teams but going down and covering punts? He's playing as a gunner. Um, so, so what do you make of uh, the balance between getting your best players out in the field on special teams and let them go make plays and then also letting other guys get experience who aren't starting on your offense or your defense? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because you want, you, know, you want your starters to have – you know, fresh as fresh as legs as possible, and you know if you're going, you know, tempo, and there's a chance your offense or defense could be on the on the field a lot. You know, you want them to be fresh, but also you want your best players out there. And I think you see, there's, you know, there's our young guys. I I, you know, I can't remember what podcast I was doing. We were just talking about looking about you know all the younger freshmen that you know, well, like my senior year, we were talking about guys who would you know start on kickoff and. In other in like kickoff return, there you got a lot of young guys that would. But we also had, you know, a lot of older guys that they were special teams guys, and that was Brandon Ragoni and guys like and Andy Cadaby who never played a snap defensively, but they played damn near all, you know, four, you know, made you know they're on kickoff, kickoff return, punt return, you know, on punt, you know, they, they all played a major role. And, you, and then you you know you have guys like that. You have your young guys, and you can start plugging holes with, you know, guys like myself who started on punt team. Stu Bradley, Bo Rude started on punt team. Corey McEwen uh, was on kick return and punt return. You know, just things like that. You know, there's you can have guys. They don't need to play on you know four or five, you know, special teams. It's just plug them in here because they're too important. You know, I think the punting game, you know, the punt return and and uh, you know, I'd say punt return, punt coverage, and your kickoff coverage teams are your most important things. And the kickoff game is kind of an interesting spot. You see more, a lot more fair catches now, and you know. But look at Nebraska had a couple. I mean, one guy's killed Nebraska the last two years. That was you know. Bird, uh, hey, give me give me five minutes. Yeah. I'm I'm up against a hard break. Give me five minutes on the other side. Can you do that? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. Right. Jay Moore's with us. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. We're keeping uh, Jay Moore in from recess. A few more minutes here on Hale Varsity Radio. Blackshirt Husker NFLer and podcast host. More to it is Jay Moore's podcast with Herdat Media. You can find that Spotify, iTunes, Google Play at uh, Jay Moore Forty Four on Twitter and. Uh, co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay, thanks for hanging on. You were touching on special teams. And I got to ask you this, and and Sip wrote about it over the weekend and interested your take on, you know, what Iowa State's doing in year five of Matt Campbell. You look at where Nebraska football's at. Are you, if you see Iowa State doing what uh, they're doing, that's capping off uh, a successful uh, runner-up in the Big 12, a nine-win season, uh, not since the days of Seneca Wallace, as Iowa State cranked out nine wins. Are you confident Nebraska can get to where, dare I say, Iowa State's at? Or does that make you go, dude, Iowa State, with the average of a 48th-ranked recruiting class, 
is is doing this? Where where's Nebraska at? How are you looking at this situation? Are are you, are you even comparing Nebraska to Iowa State? Oh yeah, I am, and it's you know it's it's I don't know if it's shocking, but it's it's uh, we've used this word a lot already in this uh, today, and that's it's concerning. I mean, you, you look at you know we're around twentieth recruiting ranked, and they're you know in the forties. I mean. And it's again, it's what you're getting out of your talent. But Iowa State's just uh, you watch them play, you know. Coach, they, stop, they, man! They they play great yeah, football. They do. They just they, they they play smart. They play solid fundamentals. They don't. They rarely you know beat themselves. They play well on special teams. They're just tough. They're tough kids. They play tough. And it's just Matt Campbell's just he's just that he brings that intensity. He brings that. You know, he has some great, you know, comments, you know, talking about how if you love the process, you know, the process will love you back. And and the process is not easy. That's that's College football is a – I mean, any – you know, you play any high elite level sport, the process is hard. I mean, people see what happens on game days in front of fans, and they think, oh, my gosh, these guys are going to, you know, do this and what a time to be alive. But what they don't see, you know, Monday through Friday is, is an absolute grind. And, you know, I always joke, you know, it's just, you know, it's a military term and it's, you know, embracing the suck. And, and just, I don't know if Nebraska's quite embraced that. And that's from top bottom, you know, and, and embracing that process, embracing that grind. And I, I, there's some things you see, you're like, okay. But again, it's like, man, why, why is this taking so long? And, you know, and, but we, I don't know if we, we talked, you know, since they, you know, getting out of the, they, they don't decide to go to a bowl game. You know, they do the vote, and it sounded like, you know, it was left up to a two deep vote, and two deep on the defense, two deep on the offense. Well, the defense wanted to play, and you see, it sounds like most offense the guys didn't want to play. Well, you're not really surprised when that happens, considering the results that both, you know, either side of the ball. You know, the defense played well, the offense didn't this year. So that's just a little, you know, that those things are concerning to me a little bit. You know, are they? You know, you, you vote not to play when, you know, I get it. They're doing some other things, but, and, you you know, could you, could you you know, try to get better? You know, do, do you want to get better? Do you want to improve? Do you want another opportunity? And I trust, I get it. I mean, I, I know there's some other things they're dealing with, but also in mind, like, are they really embracing that opportunity to get better and, and say, hey, we got one more week to make it through there. Let's, let's try to get better and, and, get a bowl win and, you know, and try to stack wins because they haven't stacked wins at all. You know, it's just some things, just the mindset is a little, it's concerning. It is. It's just, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. You don't step foot on that campus. And you know, some kids do, some kids have the mindset. I did not have that mindset when I first arrived on campus. I had to mature and, and learn that and learn to embrace the grind and want, you know, to, to be a part of this and, because once you get the results, it's addictive. You, you be, and that's what it, Matt Campbell says, you know, you fall in love with the process because you see the results. And, you know, Nebraska needs better results, but they also need to, you know, commit to that process a little better. And, and maybe they'll finally see that in year four. But, you know, the, the schedule doesn't get any easier, and the Big Ten keeps getting better and better coaches and, and less, and less uh, the NFL starts plugging coaches away from this conference, which sounds like they're trying to do. But until then, I mean, Nebraska's got to, you know, fall in love with that process and, and embrace that grind and embrace that suck and, and just know it's not going to come easy. And it hasn't come easy at all. So 
I mean, we, you know, patience is is a virtue here. We got to be patient with it. But I, you know, I, I want results yesterday, and we just haven't gotten them yet. I don't think they're going to come, you know, quickly either. They got some things to work out, and that's that's figuring out what the head man wants to do and how he wants to get there. And you know, I'm sure he has to talk with his guys and you know and get over some hurdles uh, that they're dealing with, and then. And, and then figure out, and okay, here's a plan. This is how we're going to implement it, and this is what we're going to do to, you know, finally get a winning season, or you know, get the six wins, get the seven wins, and start seeing those results and getting these kids to to buy into all everything they're talking about. And it's just a, it's a long process, and you know, it's just unfortunately it's just taken us extra long to to get to where we need to go. Jay, real quick, uh, you mentioned the the NFL plucking some Big Ten coaches that could be Fitz, that could be Harbaugh. That could be Urban. That could be Ryan Day if he wins it all. I mean, those are the, the PJ Flex agent got his name floated around as well. Yeah. yeah. So I got to ask you this as we say goodbye Detroit Jets, Jaguars, Atlanta, Texans, Chargers. If uh, Jay Moore is getting uh, to pick what job he takes, which one are you taking? Oh, boy. I love the San Diego area, but that ownership there is the worst. They're they're, they're not in LA. Yeah, I mean, you can still drive to Coronado oh, Island. Sorry, I, 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 I screw it up yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I keep forgetting they're in LA. Um, you know, obviously the California area is great. I don't know. Like, there's just nothing is 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 great. I mean, the Jets. There's no, that's a, that's going to take a special someone to try to fix that thing and do again. Like. You're not. It's not the players you're dealing with. It's the ownerships that that you're dealing with. That's and sometimes that's half the battle. I mean, there's some good coaches and you get some good players, but your these owners, these general managers and owners, just they get in the way too much and they just they 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 muddy things up and make it more difficult than what it needs to be. I don't know. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, Houston seems like a pretty good spot to me with with the QB they have. You know, and I, I like I like yeah. Herbert too, man. I mean, I th- I, yeah. I think the, the I listen. I think the Chargers may have jumped the gun yeah, on, on dismissing, but San Diego's right. They had a bunch of one score losses. They were right there. They were damn near they're sneeze away from an eleven win team this year. Yeah, I just know that. I mean, they are. I mean, Herbert's a great QB. You know, Lynn was. You know, he's. A well-respected coach. I know they had a ton of injuries too, but I just know people that have been in the organization, and they have nothing but poor things to say about the ownership group. So that's that's always a little concerning to me. But it's it's hard, man. It's it's tough because you know you're going to get it's it's that crazy cycle. These these teams with poor organizations and and poor leadership, they keep getting all these you know these top draft picks, but they can't really it seems they can't do much with them because. You know, they have poor leadership, and there's not a great organization. Jim so Morris. it'll be interesting to see how, how it plays out. But, yeah, I mean, Herbert's great. Deshaun Watson's fantastic. You know, I mean, hell, Sam Darnold's a great quarterback, too, with the Jets. So they're in an inter- interesting spot to see what they want to do with, you know. Then you got, you know, Jacksonville, who just was in the playoffs just a couple of years ago and beat the Steelers. I yeah. mean, you know, it's, 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 not, it's not that hard. It's just. Sometimes these ownership groups just make things way too complicated than what they need to be. Jay Bird, you gave us two segments. Appreciate you much. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for the time, bro. Yep, you got it. Yep, a little long-winded, but I haven't talked to you guys in a while. Awesome, man. We'll talk to you soon. 
And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Okay, Blackshirt McBride's coming up. Charlie McBride in 10 minutes. Get his take on Cam Taylor Britt, JoJo Doman back in Lincoln. His fixes for 2021. And some NFL thoughts. Get his take also on Clemson getting curb stomped by Ohio State. In the national championship game. A reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. West Blue's been with us a number of years. And if you're going to move, West Blue Realty is where you got to go. I tell you what, they have uh, just a great track record of residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities. Two guys make it happen, uh, along with an amazing staff at West Blue Realty, Tom Luby. Give Tom a shout this 2021 season, 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, Kelly's outstanding as well at 402-202-2312. Uh, it pays to work with West Blue Realty, westbluerealty.com. And uh, get an appointment set up today and visit them. 1120 K Street, Suite 200 in Lincoln. So plenty of NFL to get into. And, you know, last night's Philly-Washington game was kind of a nightmare. And to this coaching carousel, you have Philly that they're not going to make a move. Uh, Schwartz is out as defensive coordinator. Schwartz has been a head coach. He's been a really pretty good defensive coordinator. That's who Sue has played a lot of his career for, at least when he was in Detroit. And Philly's defense has has not been the problem, in my opinion. They've been pretty dinged up as well. But uh, Peterson, I mean, they're not far removed from a Super Bowl in Philly. Carson Wentz and and Peterson are apparently on an uh, on a on the outs. Jalen Hurts, I think, can be good, but you don't take him out. Because it's YMCA basketball and Chris Schmidt paid his $35 so he gets two quarters of, of, of playing time. This is the NFL. Okay. And, and it was just, it was a blatant joke. And let's hear, let's hear Al Michaels, Hall of Fame broadcaster Al Michaels and Chris Collins were sitting through that freaking train wreck. Let's set filters down. John Bostic pushing through. Giants fans, we can feel your pain. Al was looking for a loaded firearm to use on himself. More as the game wound down. Over the middle. Where's the laterals here? That's the way the game should have ended right there. Right there. With a whimper. (laughs) That was a joke. We'll hear more from... Uh, a disgruntled Philadelphia offensive lineman. But in a way, it's kind of funny because you look at all the New York giant fans out there that were losing their mind. You had that escape job with Dallas and uh, New York, and then Washington finds a way to win. But this will be crazy just to see what happens. Does Wentz find his way to Philly? Does Jimmy go back to New England? You got a whole carousel of, of quarterbacking going on. The enemy, Harbaugh, Marvin Lewis, Robert Sala, Raheem Morris, Urban Meyer, maybe Ryan Day out there. And some of the jobs, they're not that appealing. Hour two coming up.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Back to Hour 2 at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt. We say hi to Charlie McBride, Mondays with Charlie. Coach, Happy New Year. Did you bring in the new year the right way? How are you? I'm doing good. Happy New Year to everybody back there and your family and everything else. I just... We had uh, exciting time, you know. Here we we had a party, Debbie and I. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the best kind. (laughs) Everybody called everything off, so yeah, that's the way it went. Well, I saw a picture on Facebook that was posted of you circa 1975, and my man, you you had some incredible threads. You had the, the the mother of all plaid jackets on, the sport coat. Well, I'll tell you what, they, you know, New Year's is bring special things out. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what, you know, I it, last year I had some special things happen to me that weren't so hot. Right. But I hope this year's better. I hope we can get everybody back on track again and, you know, get that t- town livened up. I, I don't disagree with you. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, I, I want to start off with some news. And JoJo Doman is coming back for a sixth year for Nebraska on the defensive side of the ball. And about a little less than an hour ago, Cam Taylor Britt, the cornerback, also said he's back in for his uh, extended junior season or senior season, however you want to deem it. But uh, what yeah. are your thoughts as a defensive guy with both those guys coming back for Coach Chenander? Well, I tell you, that, that that shows you something. You know, I mean, a little bit about what they think of the coaches and what's going on there right now. I, you know, if it, was, if it wasn't positive, then I'm sure that they wouldn't do that. But I'll tell you what, they're both good leaders and both good players. And, mm-hmm. and um, I think this, this is the thing you have to have, guys that will follow. And uh, guys that will try to live up to what they, how they play, and you know, and that kind of thing. That that's really important. And uh, you know what? No, that doesn't make any difference that they're both on defense or whatever the case is. Uh, I think it's it's really important that all, the whole team sees. You know, here's some guys that probably could go to the NFL and play, and um, you know, they're going to stay and. <clears throat> Probably, you know, and I don't know what their degree setup is, but mm-hmm. I would guess if they're along, they could probably leave that place with a master's degree. Sure. You know, and, um, you know, that's not a bad deal to start with. It already gives you a pay raise when you start. So, you know, it's a it's a good thing to, to, to stay. You know, you can't eat the football. <laughs> Charlie McBride's with us on Ale Varsity. So the defense was, was a bright spot. I think it's fair to say for 2020, Coach, as you look at, at things to, to fix or improve on, 
for Nebraska football in 2021. The schedule is very, very intense, but you you have a lot of experience coming back, uh, at least on the offensive line and quarterback, and you've gotten some kids that got some some live action at running back. Special teams is also something that needs to be discussed. You know, what, what can you expect or where can Nebraska grow? Do you think they can grow uh, this uh, upcoming fourth season under Scott with what they want to do on offense? Well, I think a lot of it has to do, too, with the guys that are the young guys that are there doing the following, you know, sure. um, with these older guys. And then that they're going to be the – you know, now they got a grip on the program, and um, those are the things that have to start happening. And I think that's going to eliminate a lot of mistakes and, and put for more concentration. And um, But I, I saw that a lot of things improve, especially at the end of the season there. It really started to come on. The penalties, you know, showed up in that last game with everybody. That was a kind of a <laughs> wild deal, mm-hmm. but... But, uh, you know, I think those things, they just, those are things you have to just every day harp on them and practice, you know. And I think the other thing we got to, you know, would be, would be turnovers mm-hmm. on defense, especially. And, you know, and, and you know, we were a little short in the, in the third down and fourth down uh, conversions, things like that. You know, kind of some of those things that were, were really important. But if you go back and look at the season, I think you'll find there's there's probably five plays in there that were big plays that were called back. And, uh, you know, those things, are they really hurt. I mean, you can watch them every Sunday, it happens. But, you know, those are things you can't have happen to you. And I don't know that uh, this last game that I saw with Ohio State and, um, that they – I don't. There weren't many penalties in that game, and I think that goes to show you that, you know, it can be done. And um, you know, and I never thought too much about it till the end of the game. And um, but I can't really remember any any big. There's some turnovers, maybe that, but that's not mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, that 15 yarder for unnecessary roughness. Sure. The stupid penalties. You're going to get a holding penalty once in a while, but. You know, that's something you have to, you know, you have to really work at. And like I think I said before, Coach Tenniper put mittens on them so they couldn't grab a hold of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just harder to do, and it, that's pretty I good. think it really worked. Charlie McBride's with us on Hale Varsity Radio, Mondays with Charlie. Coach, uh, I want to go into what Iowa State was able to do with Matt Campbell and they're uh, they're nine and three. They're Fiesta Bowl champs. They're uh, about a touchdown away from winning the Big Twelve. And Coach Campbell is is doing all this in in year five. And uh, a lot's been made with you know where where's Nebraska's progress in three years under Scott. Now year four is going to be challenging, but you've got a lot coming back to to build on if you can clean some things up. What's your takeaway with with Matt Campbell and what he's doing from a development standpoint? Because they're not always landing uh, on paper big time recruits, but man, they're making kids into really good football players. 
Well, I think it's their coaching. I think they're they're going to kind of people that can develop players, and I think that they they have a good recruiting base. Um, that he he came from Toledo, and mm-hmm. you know that Ohio is full of good football players, and and the kind of kids that maybe don't get the coaching that some schools do over there, but they're really you know have the physical ability, and if you work with them, you know it works. It, it worked for us. I mean, I can go down the line and. And if Coach Jennifer was was around, he could he could prove it. I mean, of, of all the people that made players, mm-hmm. he was one of them. And um, you know, he had kids on the uh, team that never were offered a scholarship anywhere, and but made them made them really good players. And they didn't make mistakes, and they did just things did things well. And um, you know, that's that's kind of what you're. You know you're looking for, and I think if <clears throat> if you look at you know some of our offensive linemen, they were all six one, six two guys that weren't six eight and six ten and things like that. And they you know they could they could put it to you. I mean, and things like, of course, we had some big guys too, mm-hmm. but you know some of those smaller guys that didn't get a lot of recognition were uh, the centers and guards and things like that, and. Um, you know that's that's where it comes from, and the same thing with the defensive players. I think it's a matter of what what you got uh, under your sternum there that, that makes a big difference, and you can see some of that uh, on those on the, on the two guys that are coming back. They they, they got something between you know, mm-hmm. and, and they they'll hit you, and and I think that wears off. And I think if you want to have a good defense. They'll decide what they want to do. You could harp all you want on coaching, you know, I mean, as far as trying to get them to do things, but they're the ones that have to make the decisions on what they want to do. So, so Coach, when you're looking at this just development, are you saying that having guys like uh, Cam Taylor-Britt and JoJo Doman back in this defense can help some of these younger guys uh, aid in the development that where maybe uh, the coaching staff uh, maybe has run into a wall and, and now you have the uh, these other players who are, are – showing development, showing I could be playing in the NFL right now, but I'm here to, to keep coaching you up and, and to make this defense better. Is that part of the uh, the aspect of development and having the right culture at Nebraska? Well, I think, you know, the culture comes from, from back and what, where it started with them. You know, mm-hmm. most of the kids, when you turn a film on and you see them, especially defensively, you can you can see players that are really motivated and that, that – you know, play the play all the way out and do things that are, you know, you, you would think aren't very good. Now, we've taken some players that you would, you know, knew we knew they'd get bigger, but when they played in high school, some of them played eight-man football. They were all over the place, and they were playing hard every play. And, you know, and you knew darn well that, you know, you could do something with them. And so I think it takes a certain kind of – a coaching staff. I think you need a lot of repetition. I mean, you need you know you just can't work with your first two teams. You got to work hard with those other guys along the way. You can't just expect okay he's already played, but he hasn't had the reps this other guy had all the time. He should have in practice, and you know you you get them in the drills. I mean, even though they may be redshirting a guy that. You know, don't have don't have them standing around. Let them take some snaps and do some things. You know, with the thirds and the fourths when they're doing teamwork and when they scrimmage and everything like that. So I mean, those are the things you build for depth. I think, and 
you know, at times we've had, I've had guys where I could just tell them, You're, you guys alternate every two series. You know, I didn't even care who started. I mean, <laughs> you know, because I knew how they'd play. And, uh, you know, I think that's that's probably the thing that has to come on. And I think... You have you can't be you can't be a you know a sweetheart to him all the time and pat him on the back. Sometimes some guys need to be pushed, mm. and uh, and you need to be honest with them. And I mean, you need you need to be brutally honest with them. You tell the kid where he stands. Tell the kid you think he's not going to play, be a starter, but you can you can be a backup guy. You're gonna you're gonna get in games. You're gonna do this or that, so that he knows where he stands. And I think that's a big. Uh, makes a big difference because you'll find out those kind of guys all of a sudden they're starting for you. Coach, and we've had guys that have been cut yeah. on the team on one side of the ball and come over to me. And I mean, I had one. Uh, Dan Steiner came over and he he kind of was told that he isn't going to play and on offense and and he came back and um, you know I told him he could you know he could come with us on defense and we'd see what we could do with him. And the next thing you know, he they needed him back on offense, and he ended up being a starter. And you know, those are the, those are the kind of guys. I mean, he didn't give up. And uh, those are those are the kind of players you need to have on your team. I mean, they're they're good support factors, and you know, and, and they'll do anything it, it it takes to win. And I think if you have a good base from the state, that rubs off on the other guys. Coach, we'll get you out of here on this, and it's wonderful to talk to you again. Thanks for taking and making time. What's your reaction to Texas? What's your reaction to Texas moving on from Coach Herman? $15 million to go goodbye, and they go get uh, Sarkeesian, Nick Saban's right-hand guy. Listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> Back in the old days, I remember uh, A&M got uh, artificial turf. Mm-hmm. And the next week, Texas started putting in artificial turf. If the Texas coach got a an A&M, A&M got a higher raise in the salary, they had a special meeting and gave the guy, so it was $500 more than the guy from A&M was making. And the thing that hurts me about this a little bit is you know darn well there was some stuff going on behind his back. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I don't like about it, and 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 then it was probably a lot of it had to do with money. Yeah, guys that have money and saying, "Hey, you know, I'll do this. I've been doing this, and you know that that that's that stuff happens, and that's how that's how a lot of times that's how a lot of that stuff happened. That southeast Southwest Conference got in trouble. Mm-hmm. All these guys, these alumni, were doing things that the coaches didn't know about a lot of times. You know, and giving guys special jobs and things like that, and cars. You know, it, it got to be a war between the alumni, not 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 so much the coaches because they didn't know. Some of them didn't know what was going on. I mean, it, they knew something was going on, but they didn't know what it was. And a lot of times, coaches, especially the younger ones, will just keep their mouth shut and they don't want to get anybody in trouble. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's the thing you don't want to do, but. That all comes through the head coach. Anytime we had a problem, we thought should be recognized, and I think you tell Tom, and he 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 talks to the head coach himself, sure, and and presents it to him what's going on, and just tells him you you need to stop that, or you need to you know whatever the case is. 
uh, or we're going to have to do something about it, and that usually cuts it off. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know anymore what, you know, I, I'm not on the road. I don't mm-hmm. get a feel for what's going on, so um, I, I just I don't know how it, how it all falls out. Charlie McBride's with us, Sale of Our City Radio. Coach, uh, have a great new year. We'll talk to you next Monday ahead of Ohio State and Bama. Thanks for the time today. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'll be here, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Coach. Thanks for having me. Right. Okay. Bye now. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio listen? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome. Good stuff from Charlie McBride and Jay Moore. We welcome in Recruiting Insider with HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Greg Smith, his podcast is tremendous. Him and Jay Foreman break it on down. Check that out on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and the Heard Ad platform of podcasts at Greg Smith HV on Twitter, where you find Greg. Mr. Greg, your Bears are in the playoffs. Uh, did you partay last night? I did not. I had, like I'm, It's that weird feeling as a Bears fan of having mixed feelings about wanting to make the postseason, but also wanting there to be real change with the team so they can actually be good. Um, so I'm in, I'm in a weird spot with that. You are, and you got drilled by Green Bay. <sighs> yeah. You kind of backdoored your way in. And it looked brutal, but you, you did have some offensive output this year where you, where you did, I mean, your guy, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, but I mean, there were some 40-point outputs, and I was hoping, you know, for, for Nebraska fans, in all sincerity, I mean, you could have a raid on the Big Ten coaching ranks, right? Like, say Ryan Day rides off into the sunset and goes to the NFL, say Urban gets hired up, say Fitz just changes his office to a different lakefront, right? Because right. there's more smoke with fits to the NFL. And then if Harbaugh goes to Detroit, right? So, I mean, you could have a raid and even P.J. Flex agents floating his name out there for the NFL. So uh, the Big Ten could, I don't want to say get easy, but maybe more, more, more easy to navigate if some of these guys get out and maybe it's not a, a one-possession game you lose in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Right. Now, don't forget James Franklin, too. He's had his own kind of flirtations with the NFL. And sure. I think a few years back that he almost took that Texans job, it was reported. So it feels like, you know, the NFL is starting to wake up to the Big Ten, the level of coaching um, that's in this league. But it, it, it's kind of tough if you think about it as a Nebraska fan. If we just named, what, six coaches mm, from the league yeah. that all are good enough to go to the NFL, that, that's good on one hand. It's bad on another. It's, it's, it's not cool that, that you're not part of that conversation there's a lot to dive into today with you i want to get your take on um uh, outside linebacker Wyndon huhuli uh, big time get over the weekend uh from hawaii the top player from the the beautiful island of hawaii and uh you felt this was good for nebraska you've been talking to us all pre-signing day and even a little bit after signing day that this could happen what's this mean for nebraska and uh, your overall kind of grade on on Winden with what you saw and what you liked on film. 
Yeah, it's a really big move for Nebraska, and it really means, I think it gives Nebraska, first of all, it gives them credibility in Hawaii to be able to continue to recruit right, and that's something that um, this staff has wanted to do, kind of led by Tony Tuioti, who's the lead recruiter out there. Um, but it also shows you what they're able to do during what was the crazy year of 2020. Thankfully, 2020 is behind us. Um, and being able to get a kid like that from Hawaii that obviously had never been able to visit. And as I was kind of thinking, things through like he was in a, a really tough spot Wyndon was because him like the other kids from Hawaii that are prospects and there's a bunch of them he was not able to you couldn't just take a really unofficial drive um, out to a school to be able to see it, right? There was no way for him to do any of that. So I think the only school that he had visited in person that he was considering was Washington um, and that was over a year ago. And so it really speaks to Tony Tuioti, Scott Frost, Eric Chenander as well, um, and the job that they did in recruiting him. And what you like about him as a linebacker is he's kind of a Swiss Army knife and can play either inside or outside linebacker for Nebraska. He's got good size, 6'3", 220. Um, it's a really good runner-hitter out there as well, an aggressive kid. Um, there's a lot to like about Huli as a prospect. Greg, I can't remember off the top of my head any Huskers that were from the state of Hawaii who recruited out of high school. I'm, maybe I'm missing Dominic Crayola. Yeah, Rayola of the 90s is the last one time. Uh, Tony Tata, uh, Junior Togai, and you've got uh, Tonyu Finoti, who played as a, a freshman. And Finoti was a second-round pick for the then San Diego Chargers. But all names that... <laughs> We're before my time, but are we seeing Greg the the start of a? He's calling of a, of a me old, push? Greg. Are, are we starting the, the seeing the start of a push in Hawaii? Though, what other names are in Hawaii in coming classes that uh, Frost and Company could be uh, recruiting down the road? So they are trying to make the push in this particular class. Um, we've talked about Titus, um, wide receiver out of Hawaii. Titus, um, that we, right? That we we have. It's it's been really quiet on on the front with his recruiting, um, but Nebraska is in the mix there. I think they were in his final five. Uh, Zin Sotelo um, is a defensive lineman who goes about six four two eighty um, out of Hawaii as well that they're recruiting. But it's kind of unclear at this point if Nebraska will end up taking another high school defensive lineman in this class. Um, and that might be impacted by if, if you get a returning senior uh, coming back on that defensive line. So there, there's a couple of more guys, but they've got more offers out for the 2022 class in Hawaii as well. They want to make this a regular thing um, where they can recruit Hawaii because they are always producing Power 5 players. Well, and, and just think about Frost's connection with the islands, with uh, Mariota, of course. Um, uh, you, you've got... Uh, the success were Frost and, and Oregon right in it with Tua, of course, before Alabama. And then, of course, uh, Milton, uh, a Hawaiian product as well. So there's there's lots of success from the islands where, where Frost has been. And now you're seeing uh, some some trench work there and or potential trench work. But at least you get an outside linebacker. And you get that Polynesian connection with Tuioti. That's so key because more times than not, if a kid does leave the island, you've got large uh, sections of of, uh, a Polynesian population, right? When you look at BYU or Utah or Washington, USC was great for a lot of years with their their Polynesian connection. And, And even Colorado back in there, and I'm talking 30 years ago, but they were phenomenal with offensive and defensive linemen. So... 
those were were big gets. It's so untapped, and it's it's a lot of effort to get out there. Right? There's worse recruiting trips. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> right. But but it's hard to get a kid to to come to the mainland, and even harder to get him to to veer off the west coast. Is that fair, Greg? Oh yeah, absolutely. And the, but the thing is that you really you have to start somewhere so that you could get guys believing that it's okay and it can be done. And I promise you, there's kids that look up to Wyndon that will see, hey, he was a, an Army All American or mm-hmm. U.S. Army All American. It's called now. He's going to to Nebraska. Like I wonder what that's all about. And that's really, if you're Nebraska at this stage, that's what you just want to have happen because you know eventually they'll be able to take visits again. Then you can get guys, you know, here for official visits, which it would have to be it'd be unlikely to get them for unofficial. Um, but and then once you get them here, then as we've talked about a lot, um, all bets are off because getting them here for getting anyone here for game days is always a big um, impact on their recruiting. Greg Smith's with us. Greg, what's next for Nebraska uh, when it comes to uh, where they can go here before February? Give me a target or two, an additional target or two, and uh, an Avante Dickerson update. It's funny that you should mention that because I just got done writing that for the notebook tonight um, about kind of what's left on the menu here for the 2021 class. And I think that Avante Dickerson is, is the big high school name out there and what happens with him. We all know he did not sign with Minnesota um, in December. Nebraska is still pursuing him, as are plenty of other schools. I think Nebraska will continue to stay in that um, until he sends a letter of intent somewhere. I, there isn't really much of an update um, outside of Nebraska continues to pursue him. Um, and I don't think that he's, you know, hanging up the phone or by any means but on Travis Fisher and Scott Frost. Um, Zin Sotelo is another guy, but I think, as I mentioned, I think that Nebraska has a good chance to continue to get guys back on that defense for, as seniors um, to come back. And I think that that's the next big piece of the puzzle here as it relates to recruiting because Nebraska doesn't really need to grab another high school guy per se and maybe reach um, for a guy if they know they're getting a senior or two additionally to what they already have coming back. Coming back. So if Ben Stilley comes back, do you really need to add another defensive lineman? But if like uh, Deontay Williams comes back and or Mark Held this muke, then what do you do with safety? Because safety is a need um, if you lose one of those guys, especially given the injury situation. Mm-hmm. So it gets really interesting moving forward with who announces hopefully this week on who's going to come back. Mills is the same way with at running back. You know, let, let's. I got about three minutes. Your take on 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 Cam coming back. Your take on JoJo coming back, and then is there a guy in that running back room, Greg? That can can be Mills or do what Mills has done if he is to move on. Yeah, so I think that JoJo and Cam coming back, they were their two best defenders last year. It's just huge. Like, it's a really big deal, especially, well, I, I hesitate to even handicap which one is more important because JoJo shores up a position that is very important in this defense. And then Cam coming back, um, knowing that you would have been a little more thin and defensive back without him next year, um, both are really big deals and equally as big of a deal and impactful for the defense at 21. Um, with Mills, that's what's going to – it's really interesting because you think about it, there's a lot to be excited about about the running backs that they've recruited over the last couple of years. But 
the guys that got to play this last season, we just didn't get to see a lot from them. That was not all their fault. There were some of them that dealt with injuries, um, you know, illness issues. Sevian Morrison, Marvin Scott was banged up a little bit. I don't know what's going on with what they're doing with Ramir Johnson. Sure. Ronald Tompkins was kind of banged up again. So there's just a lot of question marks, which is why I think there's such a big push to see if you can get Dedrick Mills to come back. And if he doesn't come back, I would, I would think that they're going to look heavily into one of the names in the poor. Um, and there's plenty of those out there. I think there's over 500 guys total in the portal right now. Greg, what's that say to you? Is is Nebraska just off in the body type they've they've needed to get at running back, or is it just too early to tell due to the injury, due to COVID? And I know they've had lots of practices, but you know Nebraska's been a physical football team. I.e., there's been physical practices, so guys have have been dinged up. Are, are you ready to to move on from? all these four stars you, you've brought in. Yeah, I, I would. It's, it's easy for me to say I would not want to move on and I want to see some more, but, you know, I'm not the one whose job it is, so sure. I, I would understand why they would want a, a little bit more known commodity. Like, just to give a name, like T.J. Pledger, who's had carries and has produced at Oklahoma, you would feel better about him being inserted in for 21 um, than you would, say, Marvin Scott or Savion Morrison, just because you've seen Pledger do it more than those guys, but that's not to say that they couldn't. Like, it's just a roll of the dice mm-hmm. if you roll with these guys in 2021. Um, and it's tough to say that because you're talking about a lot of freshmen and sophomores, um, given what the you know eligibility rules were uh, given this past year. Ten seconds. Is Pledger a realistic possibility for Nebraska? I think they will look at it a lot if Mills decides not to come back. Sure. I think they might cool off if he decides to come back. Greg, uh, good to spend some time with you. We'll do this again. Awesome stuff. And thanks for making time today. Hey, have a good week, guys. You too. Greg Smith with us, wearing that Bears jersey. Happy tears, sad tears, kind of in between. Uh, we'll hit some more NFL. Coming up, a tale of our city presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Loaded show tomorrow, Bill Bender, Sporting News with us. We'll talk to Mitch Sherman on the show Coach Rick Kaczynski will uh, check in with us. Great stuff from Greg Smith, Charlie McBride, and, of course, uh, Jay Moore last hour. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Hail Varsity Radio. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. And an update here, we're about 20 minutes behind this, but we've been talking football. So the uh, Big Ten, and a statement is out, Nebraska basketball versus Purdue uh, the men's game for tomorrow night in West Lafayette has been postponed. The university is mutually agreeing to the postponement out of an abundance of caution surrounding the health and safety of the student-athletes, coaches, and staff. The two schools will work with the Big Ten to reschedule the game. That's uh, tough for Nebraska, tough for Purdue. Nebraska is in the midst of Big Ten hell right now. Although they played a lot better against Michigan State, took less stupid threes, and uh, fought till the end. Uh, you got some really nice scoring by McGowan's and Teddy in the second half. You got a little bit more uh, rhythm from Lat, and uh, you know Walker was going to make his debut. But Nebraska looked better 
and they couldn't look much worse than they did against Ohio State. So at least that was encouraging. But you're just having a tough walk. Nebraska men's basketball. They seem to to share the ball a little bit more. But uh, above all, Elijah, at least they were trying to get to the rim and driving. I mean, they had a chance to get knocked out down 17 over the weekend. And they um, they closed the gap, cut it to, to a two-possession ball game, cut it to five at one point, but just didn't make enough plays against a team that, let's be honest, should find their way to a Sweet 16 at a minimum. Yeah, uh, I actually did not get a chance to watch the game on Saturday. I you, was, you chose I was to camping. do other things. Yeah, I was yeah how was camping? There's an old camping joke I'll tell you off air. Okay. Um, it, it was. It's a Rick Barnes special. I'm interested to hear what this joke no, is. No, you're not. No, I guess I'm not. But no, it was it was good. It was uh, it was my first time out camping in the winter out in the snow, which I've always wanted to do. And I found two buddies who were uh, interested as well because we, we've been wanting to take like a, a, a cool like winter expedition up to the mountains, go camping, go, like, did you really go to rough it. Colorado? We did not, no. We, uh, this weekend, we're on that uh, so Platte River State turnaround. Park. Okay. Platte River State Park, it was nice. Been there before. Um, did you have a campfire? Had a campfire and a tent and a nice sleeping bag and called it good. And a bottle of Fireball. I was going to say, you brought the Fireball with you. I knew that was happening. That was what kept me most warm. I got coldest around 4 a.m. And I'm not sure if it's because it got cold or if I could. You had to go outside and and go have to go to the can, you know. Or do you just have one of those cool sleeping bags and you just pull a dumb and dumber and just go? Um you just hold it all night was my thing. That was like the, the worst part was the morning going like, I got to pee and I got to go start this fire, but it's warm in this sleeping bag. Dude, you're nuts camping. I mean, it wasn't awful over the weekend, mm-hmm. temperature wise, but good for you. It was definitely cold and it was definitely something I've did wanted you, to get uh, out of the way. So. Did you make breakfast over a camp, open campfire or did you go to do the drive-through? <laughs> we made dinner over an open campfire, woke up in the morning and we're just like, it's too cold. All right, we're not doing this. We're, we're going fireball, We're going to go drive through McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what I will say about Nebraska basketball Good teams win, great teams cover. And Nebraska basketball they did covered. cover. They did cover. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Kent emails in Chris at alevarsity.com. Nothing wrong with this cancellation. One less loss to endure this week. So there's the positive outlook for, <laughs> for Kent. God love you, Kent. So, NFL, let's get there. And if, if you're picking a job and a candidate, I think the top candidate's got to be B enemy, right? Is it time for B enemy to to take off and go do his thing? Uh, yes, but do you leave Kansas City for Detroit? Do you leave Kansas City for the Jets? Do you leave him for Jacksonville? Do you leave him for Atlanta? Atlanta's aging. All right, they were once a Super Bowl squad. Texans. No cap money. They do have Deshaun, who's incredible. But they don't have any draft picks either. Chargers, baby. And you get to go play your old boss twice. Twice a year. Andy Reid, Kansas City versus L.A. and those Chargers. Chargers are a great setup. Now, maybe Harbaugh fits in there. He's a former Charger. We'll know probably more tomorrow if Harbaugh gets extended or goes to the NFL. Detroit's not a good job. Just not. Stafford's a good quarterback, was a warrior yesterday. But, man, uh, you don't don't have him for much longer, I I don't think. It's time to to start afresh in Detroit and and end the match. I think you trade Stafford to New England. 
Makes sense. Makes Let sense him be me. a Band-Aid and, and go from there. Has a little bit of New England system in him. Mm-hmm. Now, this was important to me. Adam Schefter gave uh, Bengal fans and Nebraska fans the heads up on Zach Taylor. Before Burrow got hurt, Cincinnati was in about every football game. They weren't a laughing stock. Their offensive line, specifically at right guard, was a nightmare. But Cincinnati was competitive. And and Zach Taylor's getting another year, which is great. And they got trounced yesterday. But I can kind of, if they can make some improvements on the offensive line, you know what? I don't know if they knock on that playoff door next year, but I don't think Zach's doing bad work in Cincinnati. Last couple of years were rough. The Bengals announced that Zach Taylor will return for this season. I don't think that's a surprise to a lot of people, but again, the Bengals struggled for a second straight year. They have Joe Burrow coming off the ACL injury, and Zach Taylor will return as the Bengals head coach, which came from Mike Brown this morning. So it's as simple as this. Hey, Joe, we know you're up and moving around really quickly after uh, you know, the, 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 the hammer job to your knee. Do you like playing for Zach? And I think Zach's one of these guys that quarterbacks get along with. Uh, the Giovanni Bernard resurgence was very real. Higgins wasn't bad for him. You got really nothing out of green this year. All right. And your defense, your de- defensively, there's a lot of high-scoring games. So the question is, is somebody willing to hand $12 million to Urban Meyer? Might it be Jacksonville? He has been pondering the idea of returning or at least making a move to the NFL. And so people know that he's coached in Florida. And I think that that's something that he's been sifting through in recent weeks, trying to decide whether or not to make the jump to the NFL level. And we'll see whether he does or doesn't. But that is a big decision. If he decides to go to the NFL, and he's clearly thinking about that over the last couple of weeks, that would be a candidate for the Jacksonville job and somebody that would garner a lot of attention. Number one pick overall, $100 million in cap room, 11 picks. And you're two years removed from an a, a, a AFC championship appearance. But so somebody scouting-wise has drafted some of the right people. Nobody ever got kept. We wanted to break out of Jacksonville like they're Andy Dufresne. I mean, if you're just looking as a coach, I think the Jets have That's a, ba- a pair to sound off and say, give me $12 million. I have no NFL experience. But, I mean... That's Urban Meyer, though. That's Urban Meyer. He wants to be courted. I think Urban Meyer to, to Los Angeles for the Chargers job makes a lot of sense. Go to get to warm weather and to get Justin Herbert. But I will I w- say... I would, I would, I would t- be enemy, name your price. Mm. Before we get out of here, I just want to say this Jets job, we haven't talked about it. I don't think it's that bad. They have an all right roster besides quarterback. I don't dislike their quarterback. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Var City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Get the podcast daily. Subscribe, rate us, tell us what you think. Don't cost you nothing and can get to the Herd Ad Media platform. Get to ESPNLincoln.com. Go to the On Demand section, download some of the interviews, take that with you. Or the full podcast uh, flies by and can do so with iTunes. 
uh, of course, uh, Spotify, Google Play, and uh, real easy to do it. Elijah does a great job along with uh, Damon of getting things posted up there. Appreciate them much. And a reminder about Buckle It Up, 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce risk of injury up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Charlie McBride, his thoughts on Cam Taylor Britt and JoJo Doman coming back. Jay Moore touched on that. Greg Smith on Huhuli, the uh, outside backer commit. So good stuff today on Hale Varsity. Uh, Iowa Russ chimes in off the top rope with a steel chair. Chris uh, at HaleVarsity.com, that would be the day if you ever went winter camping. He called me something that rhymes with wussy. <laughs> so I don't doubt my toughness. Now, am I an outdoorsman? Hell no. <laughs> I, I despise camping. I'm kind of like Chunk in Goonies. I hate nature. Nature hates me. I like golfing, and I'll go into the woods to drop, I mean, find a golf ball. But as far as willingly freezing my ass off outside in the dead of winter, you're, uh, you're more uh, Paul Bunyan than me there, Elijah. I mean, to, to me, the winter camping was better than like the summer camping. It brought like the excitement factor back into camping. I felt like a kid again going out going camping. Maybe that's if I if I go camping, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Uncle Dino a call, cousin Dino, and we're gonna go out to the uh, Smoky Mountain National Park. He's got an Airbnb right at the mouth mm-hmm. of the entrance to the uh, Smoky Mountains in in North Carolina. So we're gonna go visit cousin Dino, and we're gonna crash with this old school. Looks like a silver bullet. Uh, kind of trailer, right? And it's just ravishing inside. It's sweet. It's straight up glamping. But I do that. Get me a, give me a fridge, give me a cocktail, give me a TV, and we can look at the scenic beauty of these Smoky Mountains. See, I just don't understand why you're not like a camping guy because it's what it is is you go out there and you drink some beer or some mixed drinks mm-hmm. and you grill some meats. No, I, I get it, but that's why I have a patio. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it just... No, I, good I for you. I, I appreciate your enthusiasm with it. Uh, uh, faithful listener chimes in on email and says, Chris, there are no trees in the fairway. <laughs> <laughs> Dude hasn't golfed with me in a while. So here's what is going to happen. I will, I will... I'm getting this set up, and Switzer doesn't know it yet, but we're going to invade Switzer's place all right coach barry lives close to the stadium uncle andy my brother-in-law got himself an rv maybe you've seen it posted on twitter at lundyland but he's got a cousin eddie rv that's actually runnable and usable we're gonna take that bastard down to norman this year all getting set up for the uh, 50th anniversary talk to you tuesday